are tuned into CFCR 90.5 FM. It's time for the nerdy news. It's Punch Radio. And in studio, you have the whole gang of Brennan, Dave, Jody. We'll hear from Hank and Craig uh, later on in the show. Lots to cover today. And uh, FM Festa starts tomorrow. So big, big news. Um, that's going to run from September 10th to the 23rd. There's a big kickoff party tonight at Amigos with Crashed Out and Man Meat. So a great way to start and uh, start saving all your pennies and donations. You can make a donation anytime over the next two weeks to help us reach our $75,000 goal. And you can do that by e-transfer or check or cash or however you want. All the details are on CFCR dot ca and uh, we will be talking about it quite a bit over the next two weeks but in the meantime we got a, some comics to talk about uh, rick and morty just started up again uh, craig and hank are, are watching tv like madmen this fool they said also avoid me time uh, walking dead there's they're actually retracting. Hank is walking back some of his comments that he made last week on Walking Dead. So you will want to stay tuned to hear about all that. And uh, we'll put in a plug as well for Craig. He is going to be one of the uh, authors that will be featured at Word on the Street on September 17th and 18th. Uh, he'll be part of a panel and uh, I will be there as well. I will be making buttons for the uh, Riversdale King George quarterly. So come by and see me too. Okay, so you did something really cool last week, Brennan. You had a little class. Please tell us all about it. I did. So now that the world is opening up a bit, there are more events happening around tune, including amazing stories. It's having some cool classes. They've had a class on how to do D&D &D, and they've had some painting. The one that I got to do was a comic book cleaning class uh, or comic book care class, I guess. And when I first heard about this, I'm like, how would you actually clean a comic? Those two words seemed to contradict themselves. But like any kind of collection or hobby, there's always ways of taking care of your things in different ways. So Gary hosted a way that you can take a uh, older looking comic, perhaps one that looks a little bit dull, and actually bring some vibrancy back to life to it. I was thinking there'd be some top secret special comic formula mixture that you have to order from somewhere or go up to the Himalayas and bring it down. And actually, it's with things that you can find quite easily. So your comic book cleaning instruments involve uh, just your standard paint erasers. So a hard one and a soft one. The soft one is for older books and the pink one is for the, the newer ones that are a bit more glossy. Um, makeup pads very, very high tech. We have the good old floppy white erasers that come with, with the retractable pens type things. We have, now this is the one thing you do have to order online. It's a special eraser that was designed to take soot off of chimneys. So this one you do have to order. Um, you don't need a lot of it. I think the average eraser costs about $10 and you it'll last you like a year or two. Q-tips, as well as the top secret Magic eraser, that's right, Mr. Clean magic eraser, which again, the idea of taking a magic eraser to a comic book cover stressed me out. I'm not going to lie. This did not seem like it was a great idea, as well as your engineer's uh, ruler. So what we did, we all brought uh, a green comic, and I actually found uh, the criminal special edition in the dollar bin at Amazing Stories, so I brought that one. 
it was very scuffed. Um, I thought it was just like marks from touching other comics, but it had a lot of dirt on it. So step one, we put the books in a bag and we took a marker and we circled the spots that we thought were the most dirty. And then we made little notes on what we thought it was, so whether it was dirt, whether it was light scuffs, and then what we thought we would use to clean the comics. So for example, at the bottom, I had a lot of dirt. So I wrote down uh, Mr. Clean Magic Eraser, the retractable eraser. Oh, uh, Absarine, that's the name of the expensive, you have to get online. Well, not expensive, it's like 10 bucks, but the one that cleans chimneys. So we marked our books and made notes on the bag to keep track of what we'd use for what area. And then we would just start with our makeup pad and lightly go over the entire comic. And it was amazing how much grime and dirt just come off using a makeup pad. Now you don't have to, you don't want to press hard because you don't want to wreck the color, but you go over a few times with that. And then once you feel like you've done a few swipes, you focus on just the white areas of the book. So basically what you do by cleaning all the white areas, it really brings the book to life. Now, if I coincidence happen to have a book that has a lot of white on it, except for the text and the front picture, it was all white. So we start with the makeup pad and then I use the absorb scene and you start gently erasing to see what it takes off. And once you think that's taken off with one eraser, then you use something else. Um, the magic eraser worked wonders. It was amazing between the magic eraser and uh, the uh, makeup pad, how much came off. Once I did a white swipe with that, then I went to the retractable eraser. Now keep in mind, this is an eraser that you'd buy for your child to take to school. You'd buy it in an office, nothing high tech. But even after using the magic eraser and the uh, uh, absorbing, and then I used the little white one for the little tiny spots, I was still getting more and more grime off it. It was amazing how much dirt actually came off this comic. And so once you spend some time and you use the, the engineer's ruler to be very specific, so you can cover up the color parts that you don't want to erase. If you touch the color parts with the eraser, you'll lose the color and then you wreck the book. So you have to be really, really careful just to do all the white parts. Um, and that's where the ruler comes in. Um, and then once we did all that, I put the comic back in the bag where I had it circled to see how much cleaner it was. And if you look at it now, it's, it's quite white. All of those spots were like black speckled before. Um, it was unbelievable the difference it made between when you started with the book and when you can finish with. Now, again, we just focus on the white spots. Um, the, the makeup pad, you can use all over the whole book, but you don't want to press hard because you will take off the color. Gary did talk about doing wet treatments for books, which I thought seemed even worse than using a magic eraser. But apparently he has a hot press, like you'd use almost like t-shirts. And for books that are dimpled, he said he'll actually spray it with water and then put it in this hot press for like 10 to 15 minutes and then open it. And then it'll be like a new comic book cover again. I would have never thought of that. Um, he went so far as to say that he's actually done that to $10,000 comics to take out all the dimples and rivets. I would be nervous just touching a $10,000 comic, let alone spraying it with water and putting it in a hot press. But he says it works really, really well. It was really interesting. It's fascinating to see how much you could bring your books back to life. Now, he did caution, like anything, you can take it away, but you can't put it back. So sometimes you'll get it to a point where you think it looks really good and you think, good, I want to do a bit more. You can actually clean it to the point that you wreck the cover. So you do have to be a little bit cautious. At some point, you have to know where to stop. Um, and also depends on the value of the book. So if it's like a 10-cent book, 
cleaning it will make it look nicer, but it won't really increase the value. So if it's one that's more just for uh, memorabilia or it's one that has a personal connection, feel free to go ahead and clean it. But if it is one that's a more expensive book, if you clean it properly, it can actually help increase the value of the book uh, because it's brighter and it has some of the grime and things off it. So am I going to start cleaning all my books? No, because it takes a long time. Will I actually sit down with practice on a few dollar ones and then maybe do some to some of my favorites? I probably will. Step one, I still need to bag and board them though first. <laughs> Organizing first before cleaning. But it was fascinating how much we'd get off of a comic. It really was. He's been doing it for about eight or nine years. And so over the course of three hours, he taught us how to clean our comics. Um, if you have a chance to do it, if Amazing Stories offers it again, I would highly recommend it. This, it was another neat way of, of knowing how to take care of your books. And like I said, it was, it was remarkable how much grime you comes off your comic books. Well, now that we know this, we're going to buy more comic books. Yeah. There'll be purchases that we might pass over because they're not in great condition. But, you know, I mean, if we can give them the, the tweezers and eraser treatment, I mean, there's just no stopping us. That's true. Okay. Well, Amazing is definitely going to do another round of this class because it's really, really cool. And uh, the first week of school was very busy for a lot of people. So we'll, we'll offer it again somewhere down the road. So don't worry about that. And you can check out uh, the Facebook page for events. Yeah, that sounds like a cool you. class. Yeah, very, very cool. All right. We're going to throw things over to Hank and Craig next with their TV times. And then when we come back, Dave and I are going to talk about the premiere of Rick and Morty season six and some comics. So take it away, fellas. Hey, everybody, it's Craig Silliphant on Punch Radio on CFCR 90.5 FM. And I am joined, as usual, by my handsome friend, Hank Cruz. Yeah, woo! Woo! I'm telling you, when we uh, go on, um, I'm thinking January, that, that's when we get the real applause in here. Yeah, the real applause. Yeah, we could. We could uh, do a live and Joey show. Joey would get jealous, and she's like, why is everybody applauding for you? And it's like, hey, when you look like us, you know, we've got faces for radio. Hey, hey. Oh. <laughs> hey, I resemble that remark. Yeah, wait a second. So um, we got a few things to talk about today. Uh, some of it's just catching up on some shows we have been talking about lately. But uh, what do you want to start with? Uh, a new show that hit Disney Plus. And I was watching The Bear on Disney Plus, which is a fantastic show. Yep. And then uh, this other show called This Fool, F-O-O-L, Fool, appeared. And I went, I have never heard of the show before. And for the first time in a long time, I just clicked watch. Because I'm like, hey, I don't know anything about this. I was so pleasantly surprised. This is now probably my favorite comedy of the year. Wow. Um, so on the internets, the description is the series centers on Julio Lopez, a punk ass bee with a heart of gold who goes out of his way to help everyone but himself. Inspired by the life and stand-up comedy of star and co-creator and real-life punk-ass B, Chris Estrada, this cinematic half-hour comedy explores Julio's attempts to better his community, overcome his codependency issues with his family, and navigate working-class life in south-central L.A. Uh, what I have loved so far is it starts off with uh, Julio is working as a caseworker at this kind of outreach program uh, that they are calling uh, Hugs Not Thugs, 
where a bunch of uh, ex-cons show up there to uh, start to get reintegrated into society. So what they're doing is uh, setting up a, a bakery in there where they're all baking cupcakes that they sell at local um, supermarkets and things like that. So you got all these ex-cons showing up now learning how to bake cupcakes, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, but it really is about uh, him and his best friend who just gets out of jail, who he's helping through the program, uh, his ex-girlfriend and his family. There's uh, some awesome comedy involving uh, Ronald Reagan in there. Um, it's episode seven is the best. So it's on Disney Plus in Canada. It is on uh, Hulu in the States. It is uh, about, they're running close to 30 minutes each. Uh, Fisher Cruise, we gave it a 92 out of 100. Uh, you need to watch it. It's funny. And we were talking uh, before we started here about uh, movies where it's tough to find making comedy now. Well, even shows. I'm like, when is something going to make me laugh? Finally, this one. This is the show to watch. Yeah, and maybe, you know, we were talking about that and like the fact that the, I mean, it's a whole bigger problem about how the middle class of movies is sort of bottomed out uh, with all the superhero movies and everything. Uh, but you, you make a good point, like television is sort of rushed to fill that void a bit. And maybe I need to be looking more uh, towards television to provide some ha-has. I like to watch a, like either a horror movie or a comedy on Sunday nights before you go back to work, just something like fun. Mm -hmm. uh, and just a, a, of late, like there's almost no good comedies out there and they'll release stupid things on Netflix. Like uh, what was the one yes. Art movie called yeah. Me Time? Yeah. Well, which... guess what? It is a piece of garbage. <laughs> I'm not they surprised. don't know they don't know what movie they're trying to make like at one point it's like is this a family comedy and then the next minute are they trying to do like a raunchy comedy and going back and like the movie it's horrible horrible please don't ever watch it yeah there's there's uh it's it's slim pickings for comedy fans these days in the movie realm but uh uh but that one sounds good so i i will definitely yeah, check it out like i I'm, I'm very impressed very impressed uh i'm gonna quickly interject with a shameless self-promotion alert uh so well mm -hmm. it's not just about me uh but on uh, it's not all about you craig okay it's not, not all, all about you, you. September 17th and 18th is the Word on the Street Festival in Saskatoon, uh, and I am proud to have been asked to be a guest author. Uh, obviously, as many people know, I released my book, uh, Nothing You Do Matters, uh, earlier this year, a book of short stories. Uh, and so I was asked to be a guest author at the festival alongside people like Guy Vanderhag. So that's really cool. Uh, and so I'm doing a short story session on September 17th at four o'clock at the refinery with Teresa Slind, who is a Thistledown Press author, and she released a book this year called Only If We're Caught, and it's also a book of short stories, and it is, like, it's amazing. It's one of the, my favorite books that I've read uh, this year so far, so uh, I was actually surprised that I liked it so much. Um, but uh, so Teresa and I will be appearing together September 17th, four o'clock on uh, Saturday at Word on the Street there, September 17th. We will do a probably a bit of reading each from our works. And then there's a moderator and Q&A from the audience and stuff. So should be fun. So uh, check that one out. But uh, uh, enough so about Teresa's, reading. Uh, Teresa's book, uh, the stories that are in there, are they kind of focused more on local things like your book is? Or? I would say... I would say the two books, I was very surprised to find this when I read Teresa's book, but they're very similar, like very different writers, obviously. And she's a, a wonderful writer with amazing prose. Uh, I'm a bit more like rock and roll prose, sort of throwing it down. She is very, uh, you know, takes time to be very careful about her prose and it's, and it's beautiful. Uh, but I was maybe expecting something a little more like, 
I don't know, fluffy or something. And, and it was very uh, Gen X-y. Like I would, some, several of the stories I was like, this is a story I would have written myself. So like, uh, I, I, I loved it. It really spoke to my sensibilities. Uh, but yeah, a lot of it takes place on the prairie and, uh, you know, in different, uh, whether it's in the city or in the country or, or, or different things like that. So uh, just a great book. And you can obviously get both of those books at Turning the Tide uh, and McNally Robinson. So only if we're caught by Teresa Slind and Nothing You Do Matters by me, but by, uh, by me, Craig Siliphant. So what, we got a few minutes left here. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? Uh, okay, we'll talk about one. Actually, I got two more things. One, I caught up on The Walking Dead. I've nice. now watched every episode, so I'm ready for the final part of the final season. And yes, I was hating on it. And then when we talked about uh, Tales of the Walking Dead, I apologize to say that because Tales of the Walking Dead, many of them have been good. And as it turns out, after watching like hour after hour of The Walking Dead, I got back into it. And it's not as cheesy and bad as I said it was a little while ago. So I uh, I apologize. Uh, it's still like really really but but it's entertaining and it, well, it is what it is so. i think the problem with that show like in later years especially is that it's a 22 or so season arc so i'm working my way through season 10 right now just like you were to kind of be there when the end happened mm. uh and i saw two good episodes in the last day or so uh but they were just sort of these they're these endless sidetracks they take because they have so many uh, episodes to fill. There's yeah. just so much filler. And that's fine when you've got like an epi- like the two episodes I just watched. One was with Carol and Daryl. Uh, and the other one was with uh, Ross Marcan's character and the the uh, the priest guy. So mm-hmm. like those are two a little bit more like main characteries. Where a lot of these times it's I'm following a group of people who I don't even know who they are and what their names are. And uh, I, I still don't know what half their names are. Because even Ross's character, I'm like, oh, the, the guy with Andrew in the in the book so i think maybe his name is andrew but the guy with the weapon on his hand and yeah, then yeah, the, guy the, the guy and then he got the <laughs> morning star hand yeah. uh but anyway so yeah it's okay whatever i'm i'm try i'm slugging through it as well uh we got about like i don't know a minute 35 30 um, seconds uh the other, other thing thing. was uh i uh heard from uh from the fans that uh because all of our episodes uh once they air on friday on mondays uh, they hit uh, the podcast circuit there yep. um and i have found that uh, several of them uh, have gone uh, and they're not published uh, currently. They went back to being unpublished and I'm checking into it. So by uh, the time, hopefully everybody's uh, listening to this, it's been fixed. But for all you people that are like, where are my new episodes of the Punch Radio? They're there, man. They're just being fixed. They're going to be back up. Spotify, okay, the Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, everywhere. They're going to be back, okay? My bad. So stop texting me. My goodness. Yes, all, all three of our fans, which is like, do they text you Mom too? Mom and Jody, basically. <laughs> yeah. No, I give them your number, so they text you. <laughs> there we go. Uh, speaking of Jody, uh, we are going to throw back to her and the rest of the crew here. So hang, that's Hank and I for this week, and we'll catch you next week. Woo! Bye, woo! Okay, so Rick and Morty, we've been talking about this for a few weeks. It's coming. It came. So season six, episode one, Solarix, a little play on Solaris, the Tarkovsky movie. And uh, this one, I'm so thrilled that it's back on the air and that it's more Rick and Morty, but it didn't have as much oomph as a lot of the number one episodes in a season have had. It sort of felt to me like it was just a reset, like it was a way of, of bringing all the loose ends from the end of season five together so that they could just continue to have their 
episodic adventures with little or no consequences. We're not panning it. No, it's still good. Right? It's we still, still love this show. We still are in love with the idea that we're going to have one new episode of Wreck and Morty until like Remembrance Day. Yeah. That's a lot to look forward to. But yeah, it, it, it didn't have the oomph and it, it didn't have the laughs. And to prepare for this, we watched all previous 50 episodes in like the last couple of weeks. And there are no weak spots anywhere in there. Nope. So if they needed a little bit of a dip to do a little bit of a reset, you know, we're still all in on this show. It's still one of our favorites. But have to say, just maybe a little concerned about where it's headed at this point. Yeah, basically the premise is that uh, Rick is trying to like kind of reset the universe. So he does a reboot of the of the portals, but he accidentally reboots the portal travelers. So everybody is kind of sent back to where they originally came from. So for example, Jerry got switched with a different Jerry in the Jerry Baree episode in like season three. So where did he end up and where is he now? And then there's a Jerry in the Cronenberg world. So there's all these different characters. And then how does the family come back together is interesting. You get more of Rick's backstory. So, and the other characters know his backstory. It's not a big secret anymore. I really enjoyed Summer in this episode. Summer has been getting stronger and stronger over the last couple of uh, seasons where she is like the reliable go-to character. Yeah, now if you've never seen Rick and Morty before and you're listening to Jody use terms like Jerry Baree and Cronenberg universe, you're probably waking up to a truth that I think we need to acknowledge with this season six reboot, which is that you can't jump in to this show in the middle anymore. There probably was a time when you could do that, but uh, you know the good news for people who haven't seen Rick and Morty before uh, is that you know if you're living in Saskatchewan, depending on what your cable provider is, you're probably getting Adult Swim as a free demo channel right now, which I believe they've done the last two years when there were new Rick and Morty episodes coming, because uh, they know this is like kind of a flagship show for them and they want to hook new viewers. But you just can't start with episode six, season one. You just can't. There's, there's, you don't need to know what the Jerry Bree is and you don't need to know what the Cronenberg universe is. But the five seasons we've had prior to this have sort of trained us how to watch this show. And it does kind of take a certain Rick and Morty attitude that you need to bring to the viewing. And so if you haven't watched the first five seasons, like just go back and, and make up ground. Season six will be there when you're done. This is true. It's not the Simpsons or like everybody is just reset every single episode and it is getting more and more meta all the time. It, it actually refers to itself constantly. So yeah, you do need to have the table set for you. It's still great and it's worth going back and checking it all out because it's a wonderful show. Yeah. Okay, so watch more. And we will talk more as the season progresses, but we want to spend a little time on comics. So uh, this week, uh, Batman Dear Detective came out. It's Lieber Mejo. And basically it's a loosely cobbled together story. It's sort of just a letter to Batman by some unknown villain. And it puts all of the covers that he's been doing for Detective over the last couple of years into one volume. It's an oversized, it's a prestige volume. His artwork is just so beautiful. I think it doesn't, it doesn't need to be a story loosely strung together. 
just give us the art and it's worth the price tag. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. You definitely want to pick this up. If you're a Batman fan, get it. If you're an art fan, get it. It is very, very good. Also want to talk about Love Everlasting. So this came out a couple of weeks ago. This is Tom King and art by Elsa Charitier. And I think this was a free comic book day comic. And so some of you may have read it then. Basically, it takes that genre of romance comics. And there's this character and she keeps getting put into these different stories but she's sort of remembering that maybe she was in love with somebody before, but can't quite put her finger on when and how and what. Yeah, it really parodies all the tropes of those classic romance comics, but it parodies it so well that like 70% of the way through the comic, I'm still thinking like, this is like a tribute piece. This is, you know, like whoever did this work really loves those set in the 50s romance comics. I mean, you know, don't we all? Don't we all? But it did give you a little bit more than the free comic book day one did. And it leads to something that will happen in issue two. So I'm very much looking forward to more of this. Tom King is doing a great job with that. And it's a lot of fun and the art is great. So you really can't miss out. It's actually the print edition. Uh, it was an online copy first. So Tom King and Grant Morrison joined that, that free online thing you could subscribe to. And this was the issue they actually had free online because I had subscribed to it. Uh, but now it's actually coming out in print. So um, yeah, but it's a great story. So definitely, definitely check it out. Yeah. It's a fun read for sure. It is very fun. And we mentioned last week that Gun Honey has a new mini series out. Dave read it. What did you think? There's a lot of weird stuff going on in, in Gun Honey. Uh, it's it's a, almost a little too pulpy and exploitative for me to admit on air that I like it. But I'm admitting on air that I really, really like it. So, you know, since I think we're probably short on time, I'll just say if Gun Honey was like a 90s action movie, it probably wouldn't be Heat or Ronin. It'd probably be more like Hard Target or Con Air. But Hard Target and Con Air are really fun movies. You know what I mean? So even though there might be some limitations in the writing, and sometimes I might not always be sure about like the placement of dialogue and stuff like that, it just it feels a little more clunky than it should be for a professionally published comic. The action sequences are drawn in such a fun way. And let me just say, this is a really fun comic to look at and leave it at that. Okay, fair enough. Hard Case Crime is the publisher and they always put out quality stuff. So check those out. And that wraps up another episode of Punch Radio. So thank you for tuning in. You can find us here every Friday at six and we will be here again next week. And we're gonna talk about some of the awesome prizes and things that you can get for pledging during F Emphasis, which is a very, very important part of our lives here on CFCR. So in the meantime, keep your dukes up and find some fun.